You are listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Welcome, fellow island lovers. You're listening to A History of the Caribbean in 100 Objects. This is a podcast about the rich history of the cultures and societies of the Caribbean told through objects from the earliest period to modern times. I'm Alice Sampson. I'm a Caribbean archaeologist and a lecturer at the University of Leicester. And I am Angus Moll. I'm also a Caribbean archaeologist and I'm a postdoctoral fellow at Stanford University. So, Alice, we are going to be talking about an iconic object and an iconic man as well. Yeah, we're, we're recording an episode at a sort of yeah historic time, a few days after the death of a Cuban idol. And yeah, we're talking, of course, about Fidel Castro. And Fidel has become famous or infamous for his role in many historical events and processes in, in revolution, in his role in the Cold War, in the global spread of communism, and, you know, in the systematic suppression of freedom in Cuba, the persecution of certain groups as well, such as homosexuals, but it also made um, Cuba one of the one of the, yeah best places in the world in terms of healthcare and and access to education. So he's yeah he's someone who's left a very complex legacy. Um, and what we're going to focus on this week is one particular object for which this Cuban leader is is famous for across the world. That is. The Cuban cigar. cigar, of course. So, yeah. So, in and we're going in this episode. We're going to connect two Cuban idols um, uh, together in our discussion of a Cuban pre-colonial wooden sculpture and Fidel's cigar. And this pre-colonial wooden sculpture is colloquially known as the Irolo del Tabaco. All right. I think just to be very, very clear about this, but and quickly point out that neither Alice nor I want to say that uh, Fidel is an idol in the sense that we idolize this man, as Alice already said. He um, has a very um, difficult legacy he leaves behind in Cuba. His, he, he successfully defended, well, not successfully actually, but he defended himself at a, a pre-successful revolution trial with a defense speech that's uh, quite well known and known it's called the la historia me absolvera history will absolve me i am not so super sure about that that being said um you know this is a complex man there were also some good things and some bad things uh, or many good and many bad things uh, to him yeah, indeed. And in fact, the same applies to Cuban cigars themselves, right? Which oh, are yeah, yeah. <laughs> an important cultural symbol. Um, and yeah, not, not particularly healthy. Um, and cigars and, and tobacco have been discussed by someone that we mentioned uh, last time, the, the Cuban luminary and intellectual Fernando Ortiz in his uh, essay on the Cuban Cuban counterpoint, so con- Contrapunteo Cubano, and in which he contrasts um, tobacco as an indigenous plant um, and an indigenous um, uh, cultural tradition with, with with sugar. So sugar is the, 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 the colonial um, introduction. Both are strong cultural forces in the Caribbean and, and strong economic uh, forces in 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 Cuba. So mm-hmm. Fidel was a smoker of cigars, but he also made the people Cuban people plant a lot of sugar. And um, to the wider world, cigars, especially sort of high quality Cuban cigars, are known as a sort of yeah superb luxury good. But of course, they are very bad for your health. 
And they are indeed. Um, a sort of first fun fact to start out with. Um, Fidel, although he is very well known for the many images of him with a cigar in his mouth, he actually cut down heavily on, on smoking cigars in 1985 already. His doctors, we just talked about the Cuban health system. His, his doctors were, aside from being good doctors, they were also very persuasive. They made it clear to him that smoking was actually very, very bad for you. And then he gave up this very hard to kick habit as an example for, for the Cuban people. Mm, that's Yeah, that's very interesting. I wonder if it was really through health concerns that he gave up that, that cigar. Oh. Or may, maybe it had something to do with, with, with the numerous CIA plots of, you know, exploding cigars that, uh, that, that we know about. I think through the Kennedy and Eisenhower eras, there were stories about, you know, people trying to gift Fidel exploding cigars, which would do away with him. And I think I would probably give up if that were the case as well. Oh, my God, an exploding cigar, like one of those Looney Tunes uh, <laughs> <laughs> short, short cartoons where, where cigars explode in your face yeah you don't want to happen to have that happen to you in actuality <laughs> but i'm not yeah i'm 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 i think that's a little bit of a murky complot theory the exploding cigar in uh, trying to assassinate uh, fidel which would be a very nice example of object agency i would say but let us just leave all those complot theories behind and let us dive into a little bit more clear-cut object history um so the Idolo del Tabaco. Uh, could you uh, quickly describe this uh, for me, Alice? Yeah, sure. So it's it's a wooden object made of sort of dark, highly polished wood. It stands shy of about a meter tall. So this object sort of stands up on end. It's a, a, a cylindrical object with tapering ends and a human face carved into the middle of it with a sort of decorative carved um, crown or headdress on, on top of the forehead and um, shell inlays for eyes, although this one is missing an eye and also an, an, oh. a missing an inlay from the mouth. Yes. Um, the legs and arms are also carved onto the onto the the tobacco idol, as well as a prominent belly button. And the legs and the arms are both sort of bent. The the hands are clenched in this sort of very yeah typical, I guess, trance position that we see in a lot of um, late pre-Columbian or Taino iconography. Um, it was found uh, that this particular uh, one was was found um, at the beginning of the nineteenth century by a couple of farmers in the Meseta de la, de la Gran Tierra in the province of Guantanamo. And it's also known as the Zemi de, de Gran Tierra as well. Um, as far as I know, um, it's not one of the wooden objects, the sort of, yeah, Taino wooden objects that have been dated as part of um, Joanna Ostapkovich's um, uh, project. And I guess, yeah, it's got a flat top. And I, I, I think, yeah, the thing to say is that it's its shape, if I was going to sum it up, is is like a big cigar. Yes, yes, it is like a big cigar. That's probably also why people have made that immediate leap to it being a cigar. If I would have to say that the type of cigar it would be, then in terms of its shape, it could maybe be a Robolo or maybe a, even a Corona Gorda, I would say, yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely likely to be one of the sort of classier brands rather than your yeah, Cigarillo Nacional or state-sponsored tobacco. I think this is a very sort of high-status object. Yes, for sure, for sure. Um, talking about the shape of cigars, though, there are actually lots of different shapes of cigars nowadays. So uh, Robolo is a relatively short and, and, and sort of tubby one. A Corona Grande is a longer, much longer actually, but it is still slightly wide, which I guess maybe is sort of conforming to what this... A particular object look looks being flat on the top and tapered on the bottom. Nowadays, often our cigars are not really that much tapered on the bottom anymore, but that's probably how they would have been looking um, 
in the pre-colonial period much much more um seeing we're on the subject my own created subject of cigar shapes and, <laughs> and sizes let me uh, pass you on uh, with another uh, fun fact um they have actually um, a size of cigar that is called the churchill uh, which is of course uh, named after another very famous cigar smoker winston churchill himself um and do you know what supposedly was churchill's favorite cigarette c- cigar brand alice as a you know, I, as a follower of this this great man, well, you're not, of course, but still, as a, as a fellow Brit, as a fellow Brit, <laughs> that, no, I have no go. idea. Actually, I imagine something expensive and hand rolled and gifted to him by, uh, yeah, foreign uh, uh, government officials. Yeah, now actually, the, the the myth is that he liked Romeo y Julieta cigars best, and uh, that's actually why still the Romeo Juliettas have a very prominent. Um, Churchill-shaped uh, cigar that they named after this man. But what actually happened was that um, in the 20th century, early 20th century, cigar types were often named after famous people. So in fact, even uh, Churchill liked lots of different types of cigars. And there was just a very smart person in the Romeo Julieta factory who named the cigar after him. And now everybody thinks that if you want to be cool like Churchill, you have to smoke Romeo Julieta. It is, in fact, also, I want to be cool like Churchill. Um, it is my, uh, <laughs> it is my personal favorite brand because it's, I'll, I'll tell you when it comes to cigars, there's these very strong ones, these very strongly flavored ones. I like my cigars because I don't sm- smoke them that very often. I like them to be relatively smooth. And the Romeo Julieta is one of the smoothest cigars out there. Um, back to uh, uh, Fidel uh, Castro. His brand is widely believed to have been the famous Cohiba cigar, which is, as I said, probably the most famous um, Cuban brand uh, abroad. Um, there's some devious sources though that uh, around, uh, around, uh, Fidel that say that he actually liked the cigar brand Trinidad better, which is generally perceived to be a higher quality brand. Trinidad is not such a famous, famous brand at all. And of course, if we're talking Cuban cigars, all of them were recently not available in the United States. Um, cigars were often, ga- often gifted to, uh, uh, as a sort of diplomatic gift. In fact, that is what happened. To the to Cohiba and the Trinidad brands, they were until 1982 only available to the Cuban political elite and as part of diplomatic gifts. And uh, aside from that, they were also used in diplomacy in another way because they were a part of the embargo of Cuban goods, services, and uh, even people uh, in the United States as a result of, of course, well, not the Cuban Missile Crisis actually, but the deteriorating uh, Cuban relations, uh, Cuban-American relations after the Cuban revolutions. Revolution, sorry. Yeah, no, um, very interesting. I mean, yeah, carrying on on that sort of diplomatic gift theme, um, there's actually a direct connection between uh, Fidel and the tobacco idol and diplomatic gifts in the sense that that, um, uh, Fidel and his brother Raul were um, given as uh, a gift from the province of of Guantanamo, little miniatures of the the tobacco idol as well. So they would have been given. Yeah, oh, wow. they, they had these in their possession, the miniature copies of the of the tobacco idol. Oh, that's cool. Well, clearly cigars have some friends in high places, and they're also good for making friends in high places, right? 
Indeed, indeed. And talking about friends in high places, the the Cuban um, idol, the tobacco idol, was meant for that purpose. It was another another one of these zemi type objects. I've, I've told you that it was it was also known as the the zemi de gran tierra. Mm-hmm. So yes, this um, an object possessing which was a representation of a god and um, possessing um, sort of spiritual or ancestral power and a way of getting in touch with um, the ancestors and with the spirit world as well. So its flat top could have been used as a platform for um, um, burning. Um, or snorting substances, and we've already talked about the Cahoba ritual. Um, and in addition, it, it it was possibly also meant to represent the rolled-up plant that we know as tobacco in the shape that we know as um, a cigar. This is this is this may be indeed what it what its shape refers to. Right, but, but what do you mean with that we know as? Well, actually, tobacco could have could have been either the name of the rolled up leaves which is what de las casas uh, says it was you know he 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 refers to the, the rolled That's up leaves as tobacco Spanish or the name the, sorry de las casas the, the well he's he's sort of a, a semi friend of the show right he's the uh, one of the spanish chroniclers <laughs> yeah exactly one of the spanish chroniclers yeah and it, it is also it also could be the name of the of of the of the implement the wooden implement used to used to inhale the tobacco smoke and that that's what obiedo says he says that tobacco is the name of the implement used to inhale rather than the substance that was inhaled but tobacco is certainly an antillian word it's likely from the um, arawakan uh, language family we we get the word tobacco from from the arawakan word but cigar was not a word that would have been understood probably by indigenous cubans as cigar the word cigar likely comes from um yucatec maya um to smoke up to smoke rolled up leaves um which which actually brings me along to another fun fact did you know that um the the maya mm-hmm. traditionally traded or gifted cigars um rolled okay. up tobacco in in bundles of 20 and it's from that tradition that you know cigars and cigarettes are sold in certainly cigarettes until sort of recently were sold in in packets of 20 as well that's actually quite an ancient tradition interesting interesting packets of 20 of course 20 being a very symbolically important number in in the maya cosmology the 20 Indeed. day count right so i guess that you yeah. could uh, you know if you were gifted one of these you get a cigar a day that keeps the doctor well sort of away i guess <laughs> very cool <laughs> all right so we just talked about the cohiba brand you know the supposedly fidel's favorite brand Cohiba is, in fact, uh, a brand name that would be recognized by, by indigenous Cubans themselves um, because it comes from um, the um, indigenous word Cohiba, very much the same type of word, right? Same t- kind of type of sound, which Oviedo is not a big friend of the show, I would say, because he's he's kind of the, the evil one of all the Spanish chroniclers. Like, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't like the indigenous people much, and he also... Mm, He's, yeah, he's kind of not so much into the cool stuff that Las Casas or Pané, friend of the show, uh, are into. But Oviedo says that Cohiba, because Oviedo did write a lot about the natural history of the Caribbean, and he says that the Cohiba is in fact the name of the plant that they then uh, rolled up. He also identifies this as the name of a type of ceremony that indigenous people were doing, in which they were inhaling smoke through tubes that maybe these tubes were then called tobacco uh, and basically and they, they were just engaging in communal rituals probably being led by caciques and other important men in this 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 smoking of and the inhalation of smoke in uh, in a sort of a, a ritual communal way 
Yeah, in, indeed. And I think we should yeah mention that in in the indigenous Caribbean, then smoking wasn't the sort of, you know, casual mass uh, uh, mass vice that it is globally today. It was it was actually quite a special uh, act. It was a ritual act as well. And when Obiedo and the other chroniclers describe it, they describe it, you know, that it was that, that tobacco was smoked on certain occasions to, yes, get in touch with the ancestors and also, interestingly enough, that it's very much linked to uh, masculinity. Um, so Obiedo describes how in the same chapter of his general history um, of the Americas, he describes how um, the caciques or the principal men would retire to their hammocks. And this is also the first time he mentions the, the types of beds that people slept in, which were hammocks or hamacas, which is where we get our word hammock from, mm-hmm. and to, to, to inhale um, tobacco and, um, and commune with the ancestors, ask them about sort of political issues whether they should go to war or not and this kind of thing so it's got a very sort of strong link to um, masculinity as well which may or may not be true it's of course filtered through the misogynistic gaze of <laughs> Oviedo who was really only interested in the activities of men and quite frankly hated women if you read all the things, nasty things he said about Anna Kaona but anyway um, it is also true to say and that's a, a little detail of the tobacco idol which I left out that this idol um, or this uh, Zemi also prominently displays the erect male member as we refer to it in polite academic conversation although I think everyone knows what I'm talking about and that is something that this the tobacco idol has in common with another couple of um, uh, objects which are similar to it in other collections I think one is in the Smithsonian again they have um, erect um, penises on them so this link between um, uh, virility and authority and power and tobacco, which I think is yeah persists today in these yeah um, um, in in people like Fidel Castro, who is yeah this powerful male leader with his cigar. So I think that connection. Powerful also ma- there. male member of the Cuban society. Yes, yes, yes. sure. <laughs> As we would refer to it in polite, politic, polite academic conversation. Um, I actually, you know, I would self-identify more with the idea of. Uh, cigars and hammocks being sort of nicely correlated because um, you know if I smoke a cigar if I actually take time uh, to smoke a cigar I take I take time for it and I probably want to just crash somewhere preferably in a hammock in the Caribbean so I like <laughs> I like that sort of that Oviedo link to, that he made there um, but of course you cannot deny that in today's world as well cigars and masculinity really sort of go together. We we talked about the, the macho men like Fidel and Churchill, but of course there's also um, Bill Clinton's very, very infamous cigar. Mm. Of course, if we go back, it was actually, aside from being maybe a status symbol, that could have been the case, or even like a, a gender symbol, it could have been the case. This is very tenuous, all of it. It was most definitely part of an important ritual in which uh, cigars as objects and uh, zemi type wooden objects like the Idola Tobacco were used uh, as part of the animistic worldview that led um, to rituals that allowed them to contact these these spirits that were around them, right? And in this sense, uh, this ritual, the Kohiba ritual, uh, resembles the Kohoba ritual, right? In its aims and some of its communal uh, settings. But Kohoba, uh, that we probably need to talk a little bit more about in a future episode, Kohoba and Kohiba are actually two different things indeed they're close but but no cigar as the <laughs> saying goes oh, oh no oh alice that's that's just horrible oh well uh, 
puns like that are actually kind of bad for my health, Alice. Uh, just like cigars, actually. So um, with with that, we maybe uh, should wrap this little episode up. Yes, I think we should. Although, of course, there's lots more to talk about um, in terms of the history of tobacco. You know, how it went from being an indigenous um, um, tradition to to a mass sort of global um, product. And of course, we could talk a lot about um, um, other smoking related implements, which we may do in future podcasts, because, mm-hmm. of course, clay pipes are a very um, significant aspect of material culture on a lot of archaeological sites in the in the in the Caribbean. Um, and yes, yeah, so I'm sure we'll get onto that in, in subsequent episodes. I, we should just issue a disclaimer because all that talk of you lying in, in, in your hammock, smoking your favorite cigars, we should just say that this podcast does not promote smoking. No, definitely. <laughs> or um, taking over and suppressing uh, the, your, your, your island population. That is also not something that you want to do. <laughs> if you want to uh, get rid of a dictator, that's all fine. But don't become one yourself, people. That's just a friendly, <laughs> a friendly public service announcement. Right. Yes. Thanks for that, Angus. Um, but for now, please give us uh, please give us your feedback, whether you agree or disagree with with some of the things that we've been talking about to today. We always really appreciate hearing from you. And if you like what we do, please consider giving us a five star rating on iTunes or share this podcast with your friends and family. Especially share this podcast with your friends and family. Please do. And you can always reach out to us on Twitter at Shores of Time, or you can find more information about what we've been talking about at our website www.shoresoftime.com Thank you so much for listening to this episode of A History of the Caribbean in 100 Objects where we discussed two Cuban idols, the Idolo del Tabaco and Fidel Castro. Please tune in next time. We will speak to you then. Goodbye for now. And remember what another genuinely great man in the Caribbean said, Mr. Bob Marley. In this great future, you can't forget your past. Creative Commons under the Attribution Sharealike 4.0 International License. And it was made possible thanks to a Rubicon grant from the Netherlands Organization for Scientific Research. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.